Shana Tova. I started to tell people that I wanted to be a rabbi when I was 17. I mean, I loved being Jewish. My family was into being Jewish, and I did have two phenomenal rabbis growing up. Rabbis seemed like a cool gig, even though I had absolutely no idea what I was talking about. Mostly, it was a good answer to the questions that everyone was asking. Where do you want to go to college? What do you want to study? And the scariest of all, what do you want to be when you grow up? When I said rabbi, non-Jews would say, that's interesting, and look at me like I had three arms. <laughs> Jews, when I said rabbi, would immediately apologize to me for not keeping kosher. <laughs> then, when I got to college, I didn't really move on the whole rabbi thing. I studied classics and Greek and politics, and I prepared for the life of a professor. I would still trot out the, oh, I'm thinking of becoming a professor or rabbi whenever the dreaded question was asked, but I was leaning hard towards academia. Then one day, the Hill rabbi called me and asked me to go to lunch with him. This was strange because I had never met him or in fact really ever been to Hillel. That's not supposed to be a joke. <laughs> Look, it was really far away from the Frisbee fields, okay? <laughs> At that lunch, he asked me what I wanted to do, and without realizing who I was talking to, I said, Rabbi. <laughs> now, his next question wasn't about whether I prayed or kept kosher or why I'd never been to Hillel. His next question was, How's your learning? Now, I love learning. I always have. To this day, the act of learning sets something new, sets my soul soaring. I love learning from books, from people, from podcasts, you name it, I want to learn about it. So when he asked me about my learning, I answered with all of the cool things that I was studying, Homer and Hobbes and music theory and whatever I was taking that semester. He said, no, no. I meant, how is your learning? After my silence, he continued, do you learn Mishnah? And I said, what's that? And he said, what about the Talmud? And I said, huh? Then he said, Torah? And I said, oh yeah, I read that at my bar mitzvah. <laughs> he considered me for a moment, and he said, okay, I will make sure that you become a rabbi, but you have to learn with me once a week. He had sparked my curiosity, so I met with him the next week and almost every week after that until I graduated. And my eyes were opened to the study of Jewish text and what he meant when he said learning. Around that same time, I was introduced to the writings of a man whose story would also shape my views on Jewish learning. Franz Rosenzweig lived in Berlin around the turn of the last century. He was a Jew, a doctor, and a PhD. He loved learning. He was a seeker for deep wisdom to instruct him on how to live a good life. He found his Judaism meaningless, and pure philosophy was unable to satisfy his spiritual needs, so he arranged to convert to Christianity. He told his mother 
of this plan the day after Rosh Hashanah, waving a Christian Bible at her, exclaiming, Mother, here is everything. Here is truth. She promptly had him banned from their synagogue. Then 10 days later, after attending a different synagogue on Yom Kippur, he wrote to his friends that he was calling off the baptism, that conversion no longer seems necessary to me, and in fact, no longer seems possible. Rosenzweig never wrote about that Yom Kippur service. We don't know what happened to convince him that Judaism had depth. I've always assumed that it was the rabbi's sermon, but who can tell for sure? <laughs> what we do know is why he wanted to leave. He wanted spiritual and intellectual depth, and until that Yom Kippur, he hadn't found it in Judaism. Later, he would write that the problem was one of schooling, that his Jewish education inadequately taught him what was worthwhile within our tradition. His problem, he felt, was not unique. He complained that most Jews in his world only had received their religious instruction from a few years of classes and a few high-holiday sermons. The well-educated had left Jewish wisdom behind in favor of outside knowledge. The mezuzah may still greet at the door, he wrote, but the bookshelf has at best one Jewish corner. In this assessment, Rosenzweig put his finger on the problem confronting the Jews of his world, and perhaps ours as well. Because what I find enticing about Rosenzweig's story is how familiar it is. He was educated, affluent, and engaged in the world around him. He could be anyone in this room today. What he and I both lacked was an appreciation for the profundity of content and meaning that Jewish learning offers. He thought another religion would have the answer. I thought I'd find it in ancient Greece. What both of us found is what the sages have known for millennia, that Jewish learning can apply to every topic and situation, that study feeds your soul, and that despite how poured over our tradition may be, it is impossible to sit and learn a text without learning something new. Jewish learning is an inexhaustible source of meaning, motivation, and solace for anyone willing to spend the time to access it. Now, the phrase Jewish learning can mean many things. Studying the Torah, discussing ancient works, a lecture on history, or reading Jewish literature, to name a few. Yes, there is content to know. The more background one acquires, the deeper one can delve. Hebrew is the language to unlock the palace, but with so much translated, English can take you far into the courtyard. Yet, while content is important, content is knowing, and knowing isn't learning. Learning is the act of opening your mind to what new things may lie in the world yet unexplored. The act of sitting down with the Torah, the rabbis, the philosophers, the poets, the Zionists, the Hasid, the moderns, anyone engaged in the project of building off of our rich intellectual history. This study, done alone with a friend or with a teacher, this is broadly encompassed by the term learning. The Jewish learning that Rosenzweig found on Yom Kippur and I found with my rabbis and teachers is invaluable in the life of a Jew and the vibrancy of any Jewish community. For the individual Jew, learning has benefits both spiritual and practical. Spiritually, the process of learning can be devotional, itself a religious act, one that fulfills the biblical mitzvah, higarata yomam v'layla, to meditate on these words day and night. 
Learning connects us to God. Past chancellor of the seminary, Louis Finkelstein, said that when I pray, I talk to God, and when I study, God talks to me. As we ponder, explicate, and refute Jewish texts, we are unlocking their holiness and their relevance. The rabbis say that even that which a student asks their teacher today was given to Moses at Mount Sinai. That is to say that when we learn, we are tapping into and taking part in the revelation of the divine. Theological claims aside, learning makes us better people. Both the act of learning itself, which requires one to be humble and to listen to others, but also the values latent in our texts and the process of weighing those values when they compete. The Torah says, you shall not wrong the stranger, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. This is an important commandment to be sure, but what is more important are the pages of debate from the rabbis. How far does don't wrong them obligate me? Is the stranger more important than the resident poor? Who qualifies as a stranger and what if they're dangerous? These questions are relevant today. And by learning the debates of our forebears, we can bring new light to the world around us. Jewish learning doesn't simply stay put within Judaism. Indeed, it shouldn't. There has never been a more important time for Jewish learning to inform what we do in the rest of the world. We can all feel that there's turmoil brewing around us. There is a lot to cause anxiety in anyone. Will all of us learning Mishnah save our planet, our downtrodden, or the soul of the nation? In itself, no. But participating in learning, debate, self-improvement, and community engagement certainly will birth answers to the problems we face. The question has been asked before. Two rabbis in the Talmud argue over what is better, action or study. And the elders decide that study is greater, but only because it leads to action. Learning when done right pushes us to act in the world. Acting when done right should be built off of learning. That is what Jews do. From Moses to Marx to Milton Friedman, we have a long tradition of building off of our culture of learning, putting our values into action and trying to better the world around us. Unfortunately, it also seems that the task before us today is to defend the very idea of learning itself in a world that appears increasingly skeptical of intellectualism, where intellectual, educated, and elite are used as slurs and too often anti-Semitic ones, a Jew must stand up and say no. Learning and the intellect are to be cherished, not derided. In a society that more and more monetizes education in terms of a paycheck, with studies that track the return on investment for certain degrees and certain majors, it is the job of a people who at less than 2.2% of the global population hold 22% of Nobel Prizes to stand up for learning for learning's sake, to learn not because it makes us money, but because it makes us who we are. We are and always have been the people of the book. In ancient times, sages and their disciples would discuss texts as they traveled from city to city. By the Middle Ages, we were organized into schools and academies. Eventually, Jewish learning was everywhere in the community. Rabbi Heschel recounts that in Poland a hundred years ago, each profession had their own Beit Midrash, their own study hall. The butchers and the bakers and the shoemakers and the coachmen, whenever they could, they would sit and study a little Torah or Talmud together before returning to work. Even schmoozing involved Jewish learning. A greeting in the old country was new, zog mir Torah, teach me a little Torah. 
Learning together allows us to connect on a deeper level than casual conversation ever could. Learning together creates community, not just within the people of the, in this room, but we join a community with every Jew that has studied that text before. We may not be marked by constant study of holy works, but all Jews are marked as learners. It's in our rituals. It's in our DNA. Synagogue is centered on the public reading of our book. Passover is essentially a well-catered study session on the Haggadah. When a Jew comes of age, what task proves their readiness to become a member of our people? They aren't sent into the wilderness. They don't hunt or fight. They read the Torah and they teach it to their community. They do this because to be a full participant in the Jewish people means to lend your intellect and your voice to the project of Jewish learning. To be a learner is to draw strength and meaning from being a part of something larger than yourself. So when we stop learning, when we engage in Judaism only through rituals, life cycles, and food, we risk severing that connection and losing that strength. For Rosenzweig in his day, the loss of Jewish learning wasn't simply a problem of Jews no longer being able to quote the Bible or know the difference between the Mishnah and the Talmud. It wasn't purely content. The problem, Rosenzweig wrote, was that learning, the old form of maintaining the relationship between life and book, has failed. Maintaining relationship between life and book. Few statements could be more Jewish. If we do not keep a relationship with the books of our people, then why continue to be Jews? And yet, if those books don't help us to relate to life and the lives around us, then what good are they? The act of learning, of sifting through ancient texts and ideas to refit them to our world is the job of a Jew. The failure for Rosenzweig to connect with Jewish learning almost cost modern Jewish thought one of its brightest lights. Jews in our day are similarly in danger of disengaging. After his mysterious moment on Yom Kippur, Rosenzweig did not simply remain a Jew. He dedicated himself to ensuring that future Jews would know the meaningful intellectual life that Judaism offers. He teamed up with Martin Buber. Remember that guy from yesterday? <laughs> and other luminaries of his day to create the free house of Jewish learning, the Lair House. The Lair House was a place for anyone to learn, regardless of ability or knowledge, people shared what they were working on, what they were curious about, what they were angry about, anything that would ignite the spark of intellect. The mission of the Lairhouse was to ensure that learning would be accessible and interesting to anyone, that Jewish learning would be seen as a meaningful path to a good life. So too should we see Jewish learning as a path to a good life. And we must make our community one that comes together through learning, a place where everyone has a chance to find meaning in our tradition and apply it to the world today. To that end, there are a number of opportunities this year to join us for study. Starting next month, there will be regular learning almost every Thursday night here at the synagogue. We are blessed with many wonderful scholars and teachers in our community, and they're volunteering their time to teach on a variety of topics at a high level. We're offering Judaism 2.0, for intermediate learners, anyone wanting something beyond Bimbam but before Rambam, <laughs> this is for you. Learning will infuse our events, 
like our Torathon, our guest speakers, our Shavuot. We're partner events with our, within our community. If you can't join us in person, then you can join us online. You can subscribe to our podcast and hear weekly short Torah discussions and much more. If there is something you don't see but want to, want to learn, let us know and the Chazan would ha be happy to teach it. We will meet you where you are. In Poland, there were learning groups for professionals on a break. If you want to host a discussion in your office or get a group of friends together in your home, let me know and we will bring the Torah to you. Let's create a lairhouse full of Jews learning and teaching one another day and night. Now you might be thinking, Rabbi, I'd love to, but I don't have the time. You do. The Talmud says that when a Jew dies, one of the questions they are asked is, did you set aside regular times for study? Because that's how we show that something is important. We carve out time in our schedules, busy as they may be, to make it happen. This is like going to the gym for your soul. It's hard at first, but the more you do it, the easier it gets. If you're thinking there's so much going on in the world right now, how can I spend my free time learning I should be doing? As we said, study must lead to action, but action based off of study. At a time like this, we should all be learning from our tradition, reaching for Torah, not Twitter, so that we can move our worlds towards justice and sustainability. I imagine that some people might avoid learning because of a feeling of not knowing enough or not wanting to admit ignorance. And I would remind us that admitting our ignorance and imperfections is precisely what we're supposed to do at this time of year. Learning is the ultimate form of tshuva, of repentance. It entails admitting that I don't know something, that I am lacking. But learning also implies that I can change. Saying I want to learn is really saying that I can do better, must do better, and will do better in the year ahead. The Midrash reminds us that anyone who lowers themselves by admitting ignorance will be elevated through learning. Finally, learning is a way that Jews can cope with the world and find comfort. Study helps us connect to Jews that have come before us and Jews all around us. We study together and we build community. If we are anywhere in the world, we can pick up a Jewish text and instantly be connected to our history, our people, and our God. That connection, the link that any Jew has a right to feel at any time, can and should be a source of strength in a dark hour. Montefiore said that this is the intellectual element of Judaism, which has allowed our people to endure all that we have over the millennia and continue to survive. Learning helps us weather the storms. That 20-year-old kid who started learning Mishnah with the Hillel Rabbi never would have guessed that when he had a child, the first thing he would want to do is read Talmud with him. The night that our son was born, he was in the NICU. I told my wife that I would do the 2 a.m. feeding so that she could sleep. And as I left our room, I grabbed a page of Talmud that I had selected for the occasion. The page discussed the obligations of fathers towards sons and sons towards fathers. I wrote, don't cry, on the page, and it's not really... <laughs> I brought the Talmud to learn because I wanted my son to start his Jewish learning as soon as possible, but also because it gave me comfort. My firstborn was in the NICU. I was scared, and it was nice to lean on that ancient document. 
to be supported by all of the parents and children that had studied it before me. After a while of sitting there with baby bottle and Talmud, I looked up and noticed across the room a Muslim man sitting with his baby, reading him the Quran. He looked up, and we both smiled as something ancient and knowing passed between us. Learning can propel us across barriers. We will take comfort in connecting to something larger than ourselves. We are all searching for a life full of meaning, and we can all participate in the act of learning together. So whether you sign up for a class, subscribe to a podcast, or come to Torathon this year or not, we should all do a little more Jewish learning in the year ahead. Set a fixed time, make it regular, and include a friend. The task ahead of us is to revitalize Jewish learning and in so doing revitalize ourselves. Learning is the way that Jews connect to our past and inspire our future. Learning is how a Jew takes their place among their people, how a Jew makes their corner of the world a better place. Learning is there for each of us, waiting to bring us in and make us better. As Jews, this is our birthright. Everything else is merely commentary. Now go study it. Shana Tovah.